March is Women's History Month, and you guys know we're fucking excited about this. So we decided to celebrate women making history right fucking now. You head over to the social medias on Instagram, also through our email list. We are going to be picking one woman every single week and just sharing what she's up to in the world. It takes a tremendous amount of bravery to focus on making big impact. And these women are doing it and they're doing it well. Name the artist, if you can quote that song. <laughs> uh, also on spirituallyintimate.com for this month only to celebrate Women's History Month, we have a BOGO for you. Buy a Woman on a Fucking Mission hoodie and get our Woman on a Mission throw pillowcase at 50% off. Just head over to spirituallyintimate.com and without further ado. The Spiritually Intimate Podcast is for women who boldly pursue love, success, and a higher vision of life for themselves and those that they influence. We're your hosts, Andrew Crowder and Blair Dreesen. Join us for unfiltered, unsupervised, and possibly unsubstantiated conversations about when spirituality meets life, love, sex, and career. Let's go to the show. What's up? What's up, you guys? Welcome back to Spiritually Intimate Conversations. I am your co-host, Andrea Crowder. I got my homegirl, Blair Dreesen. And then I have a guest speaker, Stevie Wright. And I'm going to give you her professional bio in just a second. But as I was reading it, I realized nowhere does she mention that she is a professional singer who sings at celebrity weddings. And I was like, I feel like people want to know that first. (laughs) (laughs) I knew I did the minute I heard it. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Way more. (laughs) She's like, I'm going to this, you know, cool concert today talking about all these artists that I've never heard of. And I'm like, you know, I'm just not very good at remembering like artists names and names of songs. Like I can sing every word, but I can't remember the names. And she's like, it's kind of my job. I'm a professional singer. P.S. Like very low key. I sang at Chris Pratt's wedding and LeBron James. <laughs> okay. So say hello, Stevie. And then tell us again, who are the coolest people that you have sang for thus far? You're so funny. My name is Stevie Wright. Hi, everybody. I am a professional singer. I lead a, I lead a little bit of a double life. I was telling the girls that I need to learn how to merge these two, which I'm actually in the process of, which I'm sure we'll talk about more. Um, who have I sang? I sang at LeBron James's wedding. I sang at, and, and Jay-Z was there. Oh my goodness. Um, dead. dead. Yeah, I'm dead. <laughs> there, unfortunately. Um, I sang at Chris Pratt's wedding and all the Schwarzenegger family was there. Um, Rob Lowe was there. And then probably the most star studded one was Jimmy Kimmel because he's friends with everybody. Mm -hmm. And um, Jimmy Kimmel, I have actually a really fun story about this wedding. So everyone who's anyone like Ellen's there, Jennifer Garner, Jennifer Aniston, like everyone who's anyone. And so he married his producer of the show. And we're doing the first dance. My, um, one of the band, my bandmates, um, another one of the singers is singing the first dance and in the middle, it's like this beautiful moment. They're like enjoying whatever in the middle of their first dance. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, what's his name? What's his name? The guy who is a, um, um, Howard, Howard Stern, Howard Stern, (laughs) Howard Howard Stern and Jimmy are like best friends. They go back for years. Howard Stern interrupts their first dance. And takes the, I can't remember her name, but she takes the, he takes the woman and like pushes her to the side and like says like, shoo, 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 and makes her get off the dance floor and finishes out the rest of the song, him and Jimmy dancing. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I can't decide like how I would feel about that as the bride. (laughs) She was like, what the fuck? Like she was laughing, but she was like, you just like literally ruined my first dance that I'll never have back in my entire life. (laughs) But also you just stole my motherfucking thunder. (laughs) (laughs) And Jimmy's just like tearing, laughing, like tears streaming down his face. He was just hysterical. Oh my God. Okay. Who is the person that you haven't sang for yet that you're just like hoping and praying? I would love to, well, I go back and forth because I have so many singers that I look up to, but then I'm like, would I really want them in the room? I feel like that's so much pressure, but I mean, I, I would love to sing for Adele. I would love to sing for Beyonce, Celine Dion, Stevie Nicks. Like these are my, my musical heroes. Yeah. Totally. Uh, Adele. 
God, she gets yeah. me right in the feels. Okay. Can I just say that just this morning, I was saying how like someday I'm going to have to have dinner with Ellen. I feel like I just got one degree closer. There you go. So, <laughs> I just fucking said that this morning. I will screenshot the, D- uh, the DM that I was sending to my friend. So, <laughs> it's happening, guys. It is happening. A little confirmation. Yeah. I think I, we should also, though, add me and Andrea are amazing lip syncers. Mm-hmm. So, oh my God. Like, nobody's better. <laughs> nobody's better. I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> um, okay. So if only this wasn't a podcast, we would give you guys a little demo. <laughs> oh, just follow us on Insta stories and you'll That's see true. all the lip singing and the ass shaking. I'm a lot. I'm a big ass shaker. So I'm a big ass shaker. I have a lot of dancing videos on my, on the gram. Yeah. <laughs> so good. I think my kids think this is all I do all day. Yeah. And they like are asked, what does your mom do for work? I'm like, I'm sure they're probably saying something like she shakes her ass around the house all day. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tony Robbins taught us. It's part of the top success secrets. Shake that ass. Shake so. that ass. <laughs> From our business mentor. Okay. So let's, let's merge this conversation a little bit into why we brought you on the podcast today. And that's to talk about something that I feel like so many, I don't, I don't know a single human being who doesn't struggle with this in some way, shape or form. Some people, it's a little bit more challenging than others, but excuse me, you have titled yourself a certified self-love coach and a breathwork facilitator, but you specialize in helping women heal their anxiety holistically, which is basically how I like to heal anything. So I'm so excited for this conversation. Uh, Just like a side note, you guys, CB reached out to me and said, you know, I've been listening to spiritually intimate conversations. I can't believe that you guys haven't talked about this. And I'm like, we haven't. Are you sure? (laughs) I'm like, well, you've listened to it more than I have, I guess. I forget what I say after I said it. So um, yeah, she had me a hello as soon as she said that. I'm like, I cannot believe this hasn't been a big conversation. Obviously, it was meant to be held this space for you to be on here and talk about it with us. So let's, um, just to give you guys a little bit more context, Stevie spent the last several years healing herself from being disconnected, anxious, playing small, to completely owning her power and now helps women do the same. And she is a high-level coach for individuals and groups. So thank you so much for jumping on. We will make her sing at the end. So <laughs> hang in there. <laughs> she just found that out. Bonus treat. Bonus treat if you listen to the whole episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys don't get the goods unless you listen to the whole thing. No fast-forwarding, no cheating. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, too, though, is like me and Andrea, we were actually having a conversation around anxiety and overwhelm and stress because we're always working in the background on new things and new projects and products and stuff. And so um, we're always addressing certain things that we see that our clients or other women are currently struggling with. And this is definitely, you know, overwhelm and anxiety and stress is like a top one. Right. And I think in the very beginning of the year, this is always something that's like super always highlighted because women start creating new goals for themselves and they want to be doing new things and they're trying to like reorganize their life a little bit of the areas that they want to like, you know, shift and elevate in, but then it starts creating all this like anxiety and overwhelm. And so I know like this was a topic that me and her had been talking about behind the scenes a lot. So probably that's why we were like, we haven't really talked about it like out loud, out loud. Um, but then you like messaged. We had just, I think that morning had had a direct conversation about it. And then you messaged and I was like, oh, well, here we go. We are writing the same frequency waves. Take us backwards <laughs> though. Two to three years ago, you started healing yourself holistically. Tell us what was going on in your life at that time. And, mm-hmm. and you know, talk to, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So it was actually about four or five years ago. And at the time I, I did, it was kind of like a big aha come to Jesus moment where I woke up. I mean, literally how it happened is, and I've told this story on podcasts before, but I was working this dead end retail job. I was treating my body like crap. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Just like totally in a quarter life crisis, feeling really like small and like scared to be seen and had no, like really truly had no idea what I was doing, which, you know, is normal for a lot of 20 something young 20 somethings. But there was this one night where I was 
at home. Like it was like seven, 8 PM. I'm watching Mindy project and I'm like wrist deep in ice cream. <laughs> I'm like, there is no way. Come on, Steve. Like, there's no way that this is all that I have to offer the world and myself. And so I didn't really know what was next. I didn't really know anything that was going to come, but I did know that something had to change. And so the first step for me was just getting my health to get together. I was having a lot of health issues. And so my personal development and healing journey started with my body. It started with healing my, my hormones and, and my physical body. And what that opened up is as I was healing my physical body and getting more in tune, I was like, huh, personal development, huh? Healing work, like, huh? Self-love, like, what's this? Like never heard of it. Not was, this was not part of my upbringing at all. Mm -hmm. And, you know, about a year into my, or six months into my physical journey, I was like, oh, there's a whole other thing here because I'm getting healthy. I lost a little bit of weight. My skin cleared up. I was feeling better. And I still have debilitating anxiety. You know, I still struggle with not feeling good enough. I'm still feeling completely unworthy. I do not love myself. And so I was like, this is not just a physical thing. And so, um, I'm giving you like the long version, but essentially as I was doing my kind of physical process, I became a health coach, was starting to see, um, clients doing these six month programs for, for health coaching. And they were coming to me and, you know, a month in are telling me some serious trauma. And I'm looking at them like, uh, I don't know. I don't say this, but like, I don't know how to help you. Like I can give you a kale salad recipe, you know, that's, that's not going to help your heart. And so about a year into my process, I was like, wait a second, if I'm really going to feel different myself and I'm also going to make a change for people and and help them make a change, this has to be so much deeper than the physical. It has to be like, it's the physical is nothing compared to, I mean, it's a lot, it's a lot. It's our body is a vessel. I do believe that. But if you are working with some old trauma, some old emotional stagnant energy, that's not going anywhere, it's going to be really hard to change anything. And so I found a certification program that would help me with this deeper emotional work. And that year of my life was the hardest, best, like, just like gut wrenching in all the ways year of my life, because I opened up so much of my own wounding that I didn't realize was there. And so these past few years, I've just been going deeper into myself and now I'm, I'm helping women kind of do this, this deeper work with things with unworthiness and things. So the certified self-love coach, that's an actual program that you can go take because I had never heard of that. So, so, um, you know, Samantha Skelly. Yeah. Yeah. So she does hungry for happiness Mm -hmm. and her program is really, um, marketed as food and body, but it's not, it's so much more than that. She markets it. I mean, just for honestly, for her, for her story, but also for marketing purposes, she markets it as food, a food and body program. Right. And it is, but it's like, we talk about food this much. We talk about the emotional side of, you know, our lives and trauma and healing old wounds and all that stuff, 90%. And so all of that information and all of that training I did, you know, I was like, you know, I didn't really struggle with an eating disorder but I did struggle with anxiety and unworthiness. And that's what I want to take all this information and do. Yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah. Welcome to the human experience. <laughs> right. <laughs> I feel like your res- your story resonates so hard with me right now because that's literally how it started for me. It was like uh, my breakdown that became my breakthrough. And I was struggling horribly with depression. Like I had really bad postpartum depression to the point where I was having suicidal thoughts and when I, I had the, it was like that one thought and I love that, right? It's always that one little moment that you just have that different thought that just kind of gets you thinking like of the possibility of like, well, maybe my life could be different. Maybe things could change. And that's where I leaned to. I was like, I could just physically start getting myself better, but then it did. It, it trickled into all of the other things. And I think that that's where people just need to like focus on. Like they don't have to, they can just start with one little piece, one piece. right? one thing and then slowly allow it to evolve over time. Yeah, absolutely. And I hear that a lot. Like, um, I have no idea where to start. 
Like I just have so much, I have no idea where to begin. Mm-hmm. I, I often tell people like, what, what's present for you right now? What's alive for you right now? What feels activated right now? And just starting with, if you ha- don't have all the tools, if you don't know how to dig into the trauma, great, that's okay. That's, that's doable. Can you just start with a little bit of kindness and compassion and say, like, can you put your arms around yourself and say a nice thing to you, to yourself? I love that so much. Yeah. So take us through, you know, an example of you're coaching someone. They do have debilitating anxiety. They're waking up straight out of bed, you know, feeling their heart beating out of their chest about everything that's going on in their life. And sometimes probably not even realizing, like not even knowing. I know so many people who can say like, I have a great life. I have a stable marriage. We have enough money to take care of ourselves. My kids are healthy. I still wake up every day feeling like I can't control my own body. Mm -hmm. What do you do? How do you help them? Well, before I answer that, I want to also just bring in bring in this piece is that most of my clients, I do have clients uh, exactly fit what you just said, but a lot of my clients, it's not debilitating like heart palpitations, anxiety attacks. Anxiety can also manifest as perfectionism, Mm -hmm. as overworking, as self-judgment, as fear of social, like anxiety about social situations, um, anxiety about you know putting yourself out there and being seen. So when people think of anxiety and they're like, oh, I don't have it, it's not necessarily like panic attacks and like extreme. That is it too. But it's also these kind of like lower level, like lower vibe forms of anxiety. So when someone's coming to me and they're like, this is what's going on, what I have to first let people know is anxiety, the root of it is fear. Anxiety is a very, very old, like million year old, however many million years, I don't know the science, but like the, the, however many millions of years ago when we're evolving, it's a primal response. So the brain, the reptilian brain says, I have to run from the saber tooth tiger. I'm in danger. Let me kick up this anxiety. And so I can fight. And so I can take care of myself. We're in a world now where we actually get to thrive. We don't have to survive anymore, but those still, we still have those same stress responses. So the saber-toothed tiger is now, he's not texting me back. The saber-toothed tiger is now, um, I have a a deadline. The saber-toothed tiger is, I have a launch. The saber-toothed tiger is, I have to go on live and launch my thing, whatever. And so if you work with, if you understand that anxiety, the root of it is fear. And the main ingredient of the fear is the anticipation of the thing happening. And you can, instead of being, instead of working with the anxiety, because the anxiety is not the problem, it's just the surface symptom. If you work with the fear, that's a much more productive route because then you're working with, with like what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we're working like, okay, what's, so what's, what's coming up in your life right now? What is some fears that you're feeling scared about? What are some ongoing nagging fears in the background. And it's about working with that inner child and comforting yourself and soothing yourself and saying, Hey, sweetie, you're good. You're going to be okay. You don't have to be perfect. Like you can, it's also a lot of times it's a fear of losing love in some way. If this isn't perfect, if I don't do this right, if I don't achieve and if I don't succeed, I'm going to lose love from someone or some, you know, from everyone. And so working with that inner child that, Hey, you are loved you are safe and cultivating that safety back in the body. I mean, this is why I do six month programs because it's not just, you know, a one and done thing, but um, does that answer your question, Andrea? I know that was kind of. Yes. And you have such a soothing voice. Can you make a, an app where I can go in and I can pick like what I'm feeling anxious about today. And then you're going to say something very soothing to me. I'm like, Oh, I feel better. Business idea. You're welcome. What I would love to just kind of like ask along that, because I feel like, and and I see this a lot with my clients is when I'm working with them around like their limiting beliefs or their fears. And sometimes this is what is essentially they're really clogging themselves up all around is that they still are saying things like, I just, I don't know why, what my fears are. They have like this massive block of of, like, I don't know, you know, like, I don't know why I'm I'm scared. I don't know why I'm having anxiety. I don't know why I'm feeling discomfort. I just know that I'm 
something's off. Like, mm-hmm. like what Andrea was saying, I, I have all these other things, or maybe they see that they have things that are not the way they want them, but they still are like feeling I don't, I, or they're trying to go into like certain practices. Like I feel like I'm reading the personal development or I'm going to the seminars or I'm, I'm trying to meditate or I'm doing these things, but I'm still not getting there of feeling like that sense of Zen and peace that they're working towards. Cause, cause, and then I would say, you know, there's, there's a difference between having so much awareness and knowledge mm-hmm. and not integrating, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah. I, I have a shit ton of knowledge. I've read the books. I listen to the podcasts. I do the seminars. I do the group, do the coaching and the things. But if I'm not integrating it into my body viscerally, mm-hmm. if I'm not teaching my nervous system that I'm safe and that I'm giving myself evidence that I'm safe and I'm self-soothing, it's knowledge. It's knowledge, you know, it's awareness. It's great. So the, going back to what you said, I would, I think I would, the next thing I would ask is, okay, so let's go to the moment, the moment you feel the, the kick up, the activation of the anxiety, whatever that thing is, if they're about to do a live or they're about to do a post or they're about to, whatever the thing is, what's the stories that they're telling their self, themselves in the moment? So what's the thought patterns that they're having? Mm-hmm. It's just about patiently digging because they might not know right now. And that's totally okay. But can they have patience to do a little bit deeper digging? And so you just, okay, pay attention to the stories that I'm telling myself right now. Story is that it's not going to be good enough. Um, no one's going to cop on. Everyone's going to think that I'm weird. That who, like, who is she to be a business coach? Who is she to be doing this and this and this? And who is she to be that? Okay. So I'm afraid of, what is that? Mm, judgment. Afraid of judgment. Okay. Can you remember a time that you got really judged for something and it felt uncomfortable and scary? Oh yeah. My dad used to really judge me and, and in kind of in conniving ways and it was really scary for me. And so that is that fear is being kicked up or my great aunt said something one time that made me feel judged when I was a little kid. And, it, and the story is we don't, maybe we don't say this consciously, but the stories are, Oh, it's not safe to be seen. It's not safe to be myself. It's not safe to be big and to be shiny. I will get hurt. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, most of my clients don't know what the fear is. And that's just, it's just a lot about, about slowly and compassionately doing it a little bit deeper digging. I think when, one thing that's so powerful to point out from what you said is a lot of times the beliefs that we have that start to evoke the anxiousness or the fear come, do come from childhood. And a lot of times it's because it comes from somebody who has, they're an authority figure in our life. And because they're an authority figure, whether they're a parent or an aunt or a teacher, we take what they say as like biblical truth, especially if that happens when we're young enough and we don't have the cognitive reasoning skills yet even developed in our brain. But I, it was really powerful for me to just understand like the hierarchy as a child of thinking somebody who has that much influence, the impact that it can make on our subconscious. And then that feeling that we tend to hold on to for a really long time until we can, until we can locate it and start to reframe it and start to make that area of our body feel safe. I had a, that's something that you said reminded me. I had this really beautiful session with my, with my own personal coach and she said something and I was like, Oh my gosh. She's like, we deify our parents, meaning we make them God, right? Whether that's our parent, most of the time it's our parents, but other times like just authority figures in our life, we deify them, Mm -hmm. make them God. Like they're everything to us when we're kids. And so because we deify them, we say, Oh, like I, I don't, it's not, again, it's not conscious, but our, our souls say, I love you so much. I'll take that story for you. I love you so much, mom. Like this is for sure my story, like my, my process. I love you so much, mom. That's not my story, but I love you. And I'm going to help you carry that. I'll help you put it on my back. Go ahead. Put it on my back. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's not my story, but I fucking love you. Put it on my back. And the stories that are not aligned with our truth, but we just love them. And we're like, okay, well, I'll sure I'll, yeah, go ahead. Take it on. Put it on my back. Mm -hmm. It's like, that shit stays. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times as kids, we're so generous with our parents and we say, yeah, like, let me help. 
let me help you out with that one. That's a hard mm-hmm. one. That's really, yeah. that's a really tough one to, it's really heavy to, for you to hold by yourself. I'll help you. Mm-hmm. And then later we have to do the work of releasing it and putting down the, the backpack. Yeah. Or you have where you grow up in maybe a household where you have a parent that maybe is not showing up in their highest self. And you're maybe that's, you know, that you experience some form of trauma or wound from a direct parent or a relative or a friend or whoever it is. And you recognize that you are trying to morph yourself into what you think they want you to be so that the trauma would maybe be removed. Like you'd be treated better or they would love you more. Or, I mean, I've seen clients where it's not even trauma inflicted on them. It's clearly going on within their parents' marriage. And so they think if I'm just the good child and I always stay quiet and I'm always the strong one, then I won't ruffle any more feathers in this house. So they'll never argue because they think that their presence can control these situations that are really not even about them, right? So it's like, there's so many layers to the inner child work and the mother wound and the father wound and like just, you know, societal wound in general, but it's like such powerful, potent work that I think like that in and of itself, like most people want to bypass that work. They want to go do the fluffy personal development work and they are very resistant to doing some of this level of work because they fear it's going to create more anxiety, Right. They're already feeling anxious and then they think about those things and then they're like, but that's making me more anxious. So I'm not going to go there because the last thing I want to do is feel more of those feelings. And if they're even diving deep into like learning about law of attraction and manifesting, they're thinking, I can't go into those thought patterns because then I'm going to lower my vibration and then I'm only going to manifest from that vibration. And they don't understand how that you're resisting. So important. Yeah so important and that's actually when you the way we heal is we feel you mm-hmm. know and go into that those older wounds that if we maybe we didn't know how to feel them or we didn't have a chance to feel them or we didn't know no one told us how to feel them or we weren't allowed to feel them it's like now you have to reparent yourself in a way that maybe you really needed as a kid and I, I think Blair you made a really good point like little t trauma you know mm-hmm. it's not always because I'll have people who say like I don't I had a great childhood you know mm-hmm what, I don't have like a, some horrible thing that happened. My parents still together, you know, all the things. And that's great. This is not about making something that's not there or creating something that's not there. Little T trauma is also, okay, how did you receive love from from your parents? How did you receive praise? Oh, well, I had to get good grades or I had to be a star athlete or I had to perform. Um, Okay. Cause so probably you being the good girl or the perfect grades or the things it's probably still how you're trying to receive love as an adult too. Mm-hmm. So it's not always like a big T event. Yeah. I think it's important to say that if you did have more of a tra- traumatic upbringing, that to do this work, you should do it in a safe space. Absolutely. And I think it's really important to bring someone in who's either, you know, a trauma therapist, somebody who's been, trained that way um or a coach that specializes in that if it's been if it was extreme trauma if it's you know I don't want to say smaller but maybe things that aren't going to create as much you know upheaval than maybe a coach but I think like going to the right professional and not doing it alone is really important. Don't be afraid to ask for help. I'm like, I fucking love therapy. My kids are in therapy. My husband's in therapy. Our whole family's in therapy. We love it. The best. I'm in therapy. I have therapy on Thursdays. My coach on Fridays. Massages on Wednesdays. Yes. Like my energy healer on this It's like, hell yes. <laughs> but I think I love that you listed all those things off, Stevie, because I think that that's, that's another other, you know, uh, women think like, oh, I'm going to my one therapist and I'm doing the work right there. It's like, there's so many layers and facets of healing and so many different modalities, like get them, like have a multi-pack of like healers and, you know, therapists and coaches and mentors and guides that are helping facilitate healing in all these different ways because they all support and all like 
all these different ways that you're going to need. So I, I love that. You're like, I got my therapist here. I got my mentor here. I've got my energy healer here. Like, get it from every angle. Get it from every <laughs> angle. <laughs> I'm trying to, trying to do the thing. And also, you know, as coaches, it's so important. I'm holding space and being the container for someone else all day. Mm-hmm. And my energy and my own, like t- someone nurturing me and taking care of me is paramount in my business, crucial. Like crucial. a mm-hmm. part of me making money and being good at what I do. Every coach needs a coach. We all need support systems. It doesn't matter who you are, but if you are holding space, if you're a teacher and you're holding space for children, you need your own, you need your own support system. You need to find a way to be able to have other people sew into you when you're sewing into others. Okay. So we had some um, questions come in I asked on my Insta stories this morning, you know, what areas of life the anxiety is showing up for people. And so I'm just going to list off what people are saying and just let you riff on whatever you feel called to riff on. So Stephanie said social anxiety, being in crowds, staying and being able to stay grounded. If you could touch on that. Um, parenting both the parent and child dynamic and then finances I feel like finances is a a theme in lots of different people's replies here um making work decisions and then the fear of letting other people down um let's see Dominique says my anxiety comes when I'm living my best life stress and worry something bad will happen so like if I build it up something's gonna come crashing down it has to and then just like the normal that's my husband yeah (laughs) that's my husband to a (laughs) T yeah that's a big one yeah that comes up for me sometimes um huh I can start there at that one yeah perfect um that was a big one for me as well Blair like the the rug's gonna be pulled out from under me like the uh, waiting for the other shoe to drop I can't you know I can't for everyone. I can't speak for your husband, but for me, what I realized about that belief of always waiting for the shoe to drop is because it did drop. The shoe did drop for me. Like I, so just a little history. My dad left when I was three and when he left, he told me it was my fault that he was leaving. And so I have did a move. <laughs> We've had a lot of healing since we then. forgive, we forgive. Okay, we're clearing <laughs> karma and agreements and sending healing for that. <laughs> Thank Cutting you. energetic course. <laughs> I know. I, I, um, I grew up with an incredible stepdad who I don't call my stepdad. And we actually, my biological father and I actually just reconnected last year after like 20 something years. Of not wow. And I know it was, so there, there were in the process of healing some good stuff, but all that to be said. So that was, I mean, that's still in my nervous system. Right. And that was the rug, the rug was pulled out from under me. Things are good. Things are good. Things are good. And bat, like boom, bye. And the rug is pulled out and the shoe drops. And I'm like, oh my God, it's my fault. Can I, can I hold all of this? So now, now as I'm gaining more and more success in my business, I have that fear kick up, that anxiety kick up of like, can I hold this? Can I handle the success? What if I fail? What if they leave me? Right. Mm-hmm. what if I'm, what if no, they don't see my value? Right. So all these old stories of my, that, that wound are coming up and it's that feeling of for, okay, so for me, it has to be that comforting of the inner child, my little girl, who's terrified to be left again, the little girl who's terrified that the rug is going to be pulled out from under her, the little girl that like was really wounded and hurt you know, and didn't, didn't, hasn't been able to trust the success. Mm -hmm. So it's a, I mean, I totally understand. And, um, that's hitting so hard for me right now because my husband literally this morning called me and said something along the lines of, well, I've got to prepare for the worst. Mm -hmm. (sighs) And it hurt my heart. And when you started talking about this, so my, my husband's father ended up cheating on his mom when he was very little and impregnated his mistress. And so it was this big whore. Like my husband says he's blocked out like much of his childhood. And I've been lovingly trying to nudge him into doing more of this work and going to therapy. But when he started to say that, I was like, this is seriously like where I know so much pain is held for him. Is this the, his whole family was just ripped apart. 
and his memories are just of his mom bawling her eyes out and just a mess and him just hurting so much. So you started saying, I was like, oh God, yeah. <laughs> I just like landed so hard. <laughs> That's um, my heart goes out to him because I get it. It's our, our nervous systems are not like, I don't want to say prepared, but they're not, they are prepared for the worst. They are like, our nervous systems are like that bad thing is going to happen. And to add to that story. So I was on American Idol when I was 16 <gasps> and I got really far. I got to, it's another thing. Like Andrea was like, why didn't you tell us in the beginning? <laughs> I know. Now I have to go Google it. <laughs> I'm going to be on YouTube for the rest of the afternoon. <laughs> so this is like, you know, this is like 10, 11 years ago, 11, 11 years ago now. And I got really far. So I made it out of 104,000 people. I got to the top 36. I sang for America, like went to Hollywood week, the whole thing. And I was doing so well. And Simon and um, that year they had Simon Paula Randy and then this judge named Cara Diaguarda. She was a guest judge that year. They were rooting for me. Like they had dibs on me. Okay. It was like all these all these blogs on the internet, you guys were like, we think Stevie's going to win. All these bets were put out. I'm like 16 years old. The fucking pressure, you don't understand the pressure of this. My hometown like made vote for Stevie like campaigns. Like my family, it's just, oh, I'm like digging into this in therapy right now. Like 10 years ago, I have not healed a lot of this. But the reason I tell this story is because so... I get to the big night where I perform for America and I choke. And so even I like, I've, I've healed a lot of it. Like, but even as you said, okay, I'm going to go look it up under, I was like, Ooh, cause I, there's shame there. There's shame there. And, you know, and so I, I choke. And so the story that I created, and also, you know, they want you to choke. Like, so as I'm like 16 years old, I'm about to go on stage. The producer hands me the microphone and says, don't mess up. You're about to sing in front of 33 million people. Oh shit. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I'm 16 years old and yeah. I already have the weight of the world on my shoulders because I feel like I can't let my family down. I can't let my hometown down. I can't let Simon fucking cowl down, you know? And I choke, I choke. And the next night I get uh, voted off. I go home. I was so happy to go home because I hated it. I had to be taken out of school for three months, live in a hotel with my mom. We had a really strenuous relationship when I was a kid and I got to go home and see my friends and see my little boyfriend that I had at the time and see my English teacher who I loved and go back to choir practice. And it was not the same. It was not the same. My mom, bless her heart, she didn't take it well. And there's a lot of like trauma and wounding there. And also like kids at school made fun of me because I did bad. Like people were mean to me. It it was either I sucked and everyone laughed at me or Stevie thought she's better than everyone else because she was on TV. Mm. So you can see that I created the story, success, 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 success. I got really far. And then the world did actually come crashing down. Mm. My world did change. And so now I'm like, healing this part of myself that I'm gaining all this traction with my business and I'm making more and more money and and serving more and more people. And I'm like, is it all going to come crashing down? Mm -hmm. Can I hold this? Dang mama. I feel your heart. And trust me, I think we've all choked under pressure. Um, I mean, like I haven't shared this yet, but it's coming up soon. So I'll, I'll share now, but like last month, even during the the launch that I did with Amanda, the money mentality makeover, I, I said that I was going to manifest a hundred thousand dollar launch. And I like failed that goal by 40% or something like that. I think I hit like 65% of the goal or whatever. And so that I can look back and I can see it was the pressure of like letting people down of like, what if I can't do it? That's the only place like I swear every five minutes I had to reframe the belief of what if I let everyone down? I could not hold the belief and just let that go. And I was like, why did I put myself up? Like I should have offered that as a bonus after the fact. And I'm sure that I would have been able to do it, but like just the pressure 
of not letting people down that you deeply care about, whether it's like a family member or even just your audience, who I feel like is my family, you know, like that really fucks with you. And it does make you wonder, like, can I do this again? Will I disappoint someone else? Like, but this is the work of being a spiritual entrepreneur. This literally is the work. Absolutely. And I think a lot of, I think a lot of that experience created a lot of the, I mean, is maybe not is the reason, but it's a big part of the reason why I work with women with anxiety, because I get it. I, I mean, it's kind of like a grandiose scale, but it is, I get the, the, the feeling of being under pressure and needing to perform and needing to achieve something for love. Mm-hmm. I totally understand that. And so my work, I just watched, actually, I just watched my performance. I never watched it ever. I never watched it. I was too, I couldn't do it. It was too shameful for me. I just watched my live performance for the first time 11 years later, like six months ago. Wow. And I cried. I cried so hard for her because she was so scared and she, I could see how nervous and shaky she was. And then the judges just beat me while I was down. Like Simon pretty much like laughed at me and it was just like Kara said how she was so disappointed in me. Like I, I hadn't, I blocked it so much of it out. And then watching the YouTube video of the judges just ripping me apart, I had forgotten what they'd said. And I'm just hysterical crying. But it was so healing because I was, I had to hold space for my 16-year-old and be like, you are lovable, sweetie. It didn't mean anything about you. You know, like, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. I'm so sorry. You're stronger for it. And, but it's, it's, it's been a big part of my healing is working with that inner child the one that was abandoned at three years old, the 16 year old and everything in between. Mm -hmm. It's such a huge part of the work that I do with my clients as well. Talk to us about the nervous system. Yeah. That's a, that's a big part of like where we're carrying all of this energy and what can you tell people? What are some activities that they can do different rituals that they can do to be able to soothe it, to be able to create more, um, more safety in that area of their body. Yeah. So this is why I became a breathwork facilitator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Because the nervous system was where we carry everything. It's like, it's so important. And so breathwork, if people have never tried it, it is the, uh, to me, it's the most healing modality in the world. I truly believe that. I truly, truly believe that. And, um, People can go do ayahuasca and I, you know, I do that too. Like I use plant medicine very much as a big part of my healing journey, but we have magic stored in the body like right now mm-hmm. that you don't need anything that you just need the breath. And when you're using these specific breath patterns, you're reaching higher states of consciousness. You're going into the parasympathetic nervous system and that promotes a state of, of calm and relaxation and safety. And you're able from that place when you, Breathwork bypasses the ego, it bypasses the mind. And when you're out of the mind and ego, you can go right into the body. And when you're in the body, you're connected to truth. When you're in the body, you're connected to source. When you're in the body, you're connected to your highest self. And so breathwork is such a huge, huge part of my own work and my the work with my clients because it allows you to release all of that stagnant energy. And the thing is, it's actually very intense. It, it, it's, it can really kick up a lot of emotion and a lot of old shit. And so that's why it's sometimes, I think, really helpful to have a practitioner and a facilitator with you so that you can process some of the stuff that's coming up. Um, but it is so nourishing and so ju- juicy. And I truly believe like one of the best things for our nervous system. Can you take us through a like really brief guided breath work session of like, what would you do for yourself if you were just feeling a little bit of anxiety pick up before maybe you do an interview or you sing? Absolutely. So there's meditative breath, which is like a, you know, 45 minute, 60 minute laying down thing. But then there's also integrative breath, which is what I'll do for you guys right now. And this is like three minutes, four minutes, five minutes. You can do this as little, as little as, as much as you want, but it's wonderful. You can do it. You can step away. If you're at work and go to the bathroom and do this, you can do it in your car. If you're just feeling a bit flooded. So, um, go ahead and close your eyes. If you're driving a car, don't close your eyes. (laughs) Go and close your eyes. And what we're going to do is we're going to do 
50 of what we call the power breath. And that's only through the nose. It's a forced exhale. It sounds like this. I'm pushing out through my nose and doing a quick breath in. We're going to do 50 of those. And then we're going to do 50 blow breaths, which is through the mouth. And that's just, and you're kind of snapping the belly in. Do 50 of those. And then we're just going to do five conscious breaths and then a, a, like a, a sigh release at the end of it. Uh, don't worry about counting. I'll count the whole time. <sighs> so one thing that I'll say before going into the progression is you want to set an intention. So if you're feeling a bit flooded today, the intention can just be, I feel calm. I want to release stagnant energy. I want to tap into my truth, whatever feels resonant for you. Counting down from three, three, two, Conscious. Deep breath in and hold at the top. And release with a sigh. Just feel any sensations that live in your body. It's crazy how you start to feel high after breathing. Right? It's so Just good. like what you said, we have magic already inside of us. We just don't know how to use it, utilize it properly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do that, um, something like that, something along that progression every two, before every session. I love that. It's such a great way, especially if you are a teacher or a coach to be able to set that intention of let me go ahead and just move anything that's not serving me right now. Any static or stagnant energy that's keeping me from feeling my best from showing up as my best. Um, so thank you for reminding people to, to, to set that intention first. And I think that's powerful before you do any sort of healing or intention or energetic work. I mean, it could just be like, you're, you're taking yourself through a mantra while you're brushing your teeth in the morning, you know, what's your intention for the day? What's your yeah. intention for this meeting? What's your intention for how you enter into relationship with your husband when he comes home or this is good for moms, right? Cause I yeah. know like sometimes you just need to go take like take a, three minutes. Yeah. When you're just dealing with just like the stresses and anxiety of just like parenting and trying to be mm -hmm. a good mom, like mm -hmm. Absolutely. go, go breathe before you lose your shit. Absolutely. <laughs> so good. So, so good. good. Energy. Okay, Stevie, first I'm going to ask you to tell us how people can find you and how they can work with you. And then after you share that, then will you sing for us? Of course. Of course. <laughs> okay. Yes. So I'm on Instagram at Stevie L Wright underscore. I hang out there on there a lot. Um, I have all sorts of beautiful free resources. If you're wanting to get started and I offer my six month one-on-one -on -one coaching program, I have actually just a few spots left for that. Um, my website is stevierite.co and come say hi. That's pretty much how you can find me. Okay. We're ready. What song do you want to sing? What's your fave? Um, I'll do, you know what? I'll just do, I'll do some Whitney. Yes. <laughs> I used to, just some background. This is what I'm telling you. I'm telling you guys we're on the same wavelength. Okay. When I was 
after I had moved out of my house, when I used to be a stripper, if you haven't heard that, and I have, but um, I, that is not the first time I mentioned that on the podcast. But my, I met this girl in the club who was also a stripper, and then we became roommates and best friends for a really long time. But she could sing like no other. She sang at my wedding. And I would, I would make her, like, we'd lay in bed getting ready to go to sleep because we shared the same room. And I would make her sing me Whitney Houston, like, almost every night. <laughs> so I am ready for this moment. You're ready, you're ready to receive? So I'm ready. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Think about it. There must be high love. Down in the heart, hidden in the stars above. Without it, life is a wasted time. Look inside your heart and I look inside mine. Things look so bad everywhere. In this whole world, what is fair? We walk the line and try to see. Falling behind, what could be Totally pulled out a lighter. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna pull out mine, and then you, but I have like this gigantic one. <laughs> and then you pulled out yours. Can I just like say too, as we're wrapping this up, because I know for so many of you guys, as you're listening to this, like you're still, you, you're a lot of you guys are having fears around like just getting started and doing things and feeling like you have to get to this like certain space of like healed or like and this is energy of love. And like a, one big thing I always take away when I hear from other leaders in this space and what they're sharing, what they're teaching is that they're always still on their healing journey. They are never of like, I've conquered this. And I'm like, I'm, I've got this all like the, you know, all figured out. Like you're still working through your own things. And like, Andrea, I love that you, like you shared, like the thing that came up for you last month, you know, and, and that this is just reminding ourselves that we don't have to get to being like, the finish line. There is no such thing as the finish line. <laughs> like we're all a work in project. Uh, oh my God. A work in progress. I'm a work in progress people. <laughs> okay. So just that's like we're enlightened. <laughs> yeah. Just remove that. If that's the stress, if that's the anxiety that's weighing on you, like I hope that this conversation freed a little bit and wiggled that loose. So you can just start doing the things that your soul is really feeling called to move towards. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for being on with us, Stevie. Thank you for letting us pick at you a little bit and tease you in the beginning. But um, we loved having you on. You have such a beautiful story that has turned into a purpose that will change so many lives. So we are with you in the journey of holding space to feel safe enough to continue on that journey and not have that fear that it's all going to come crashing down on us. Cause I think so many entrepreneurs can relate to that fear in a really, really very big way. So thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you for having us on and have so much fun at your festival. Tonight. Thank you guys. See you soon. <laughs>